you know, the 80 20 principle is absolutely at play here. You know, 80% of the deals are done by 20% of the brokers. So, you know, I learned the business through doing this and I, I was blessed and grateful. I am grateful to have been able to achieve success through this experience. And it gave me an understanding of what can go right, what can go wrong and all these things and learn from others in the same capacity. But if I'm going to scale my time, if I'm going to put a great team on the field, so to speak, this is the next step in the evolution. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to Weiss Advice. I'm your host, Yona Weiss. If you didn't know that already, now you do. Remember my voice because you're going to hear it a lot. I guarantee you're going to love this show, especially with today's guest, Tyler Chesser, based out of Louisville, Kentucky, co-founder of CF Capital, host of the Elevate podcast, which, by the way, you guys should check out, okay? So stop Weiss Advice at the end of this episode, and then, and then go on, on to, to Elevate podcast. You're not going to be disappointed, okay? It's just out of this world. We're going to talk about it a little bit more. Tyler, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing great. Uh, you know what? We're sitting here together. We, I feel like we're in the same room, but we're not. And uh, I can feel your energy, your good energy. We're bringing good things to the table today. So I'm excited for a great conversation. Awesome. Yeah. And, you know, just a little bit about, you know, you got, you're a multifamily investor. You're also a commercial real estate broker, right? Louisville ranked as like the top broker in the city, I think, for multifamily. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. Something like that. <laughs> like one of the best. Okay. And, you know, you're doing amazing things. So I just, I appreciate you taking the time and sharing with me, um, you know, this time over here because I'd, I'd love talking to you, you know, and I think what you're doing and the message that you have with the Elevate podcast and the Elevate Nation and all that good stuff, it's, it's really driving that positive energy and that growth mindset that just um, attracts me and tons of other people to that. And you just like, it's kind of magnifying. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, I've been going through a bit of an evolution, actually evolving away from the brokerage world, which is pretty crazy to even say out loud. And I've, I've been really going through this evolution for a bit now. And the reason why is because I feel like I'm, I'm leaving good or maybe even great to go to great or maybe even excellent or extraordinary in many ways and, and growing sort of the CF capital footprint, as well as what we're doing with Elevate and, and, and coaching folks for peak performance. And so, you know, I'm excited. I mean, honestly, my goal really, my, my kind of overarching mission is to help millions of people really elevate to a life without limits. And what that means to me is rather than being, you know, tolerating your life rather than just plugging it in and having no inspiration and thinking that nothing else is possible rather than living a miserable life, you can actually live a life of joy and excitement through constantly investing in yourself and growing and being willing to grow, being willing to change and adapt and pivot in so many ways, personally, as well as, you know, you and I both, we love real estate and we believe right. that it's a, it's a practical sort of solution towards creating cash flow and wealth and, you know, all right. the tax benefits, of course, which, which you talk about so frequently, but I mean, that's the, I, that really pulls me out of bed every morning. And I, I mean that, you know, because there's of course times where I'm tired and, you know, it's, I feel overwhelmed, but 
I'm also pulled by this vision because I believe in it so much. So I'm excited to share that with you and, and have a great discussion today. Absolutely. And, you know, just, and for all just complete transparency, I'm going to steal some of Tyler's questions from his <laughs> podcast that he asks his guests because they're just incredible questions. And he has a list that just like incredible. So just, you know, I'm not that smart and coming up with these awesome questions on my own, just complete transparency there. Anyways, I want to ask you, cause you're, you're talking about this, you know, growth mindset and this, you know, ability to the self-improvement that you're very big on and helping others to do that as, as a coach as well. What's one thing that, you know, kind of drives you to, to, you know, obviously you just mentioned what your, what your goal is and kind of what your vision is, but like on a daily basis, like what, what's the thing in your personal growth that, that kind of pushes you? I mean, the, the central theme to my personal growth is curiosity at the end of the day. I'm just a curious person. And the more that I read or the more that I have a discussion with someone like yourself or meet someone new or listen to a podcast or be on a podcast or interview someone else on my podcast, the more I want to know, the more questions that I have and the more information gap that this uncovers for me. And I don't know if this is maybe just something that was given to me, you know, as a gift, but I just have a deep sense of curiosity and I just want to know more. And, you know, even before we started really kind of recording for the show, and maybe we were recording, so who knows what will be out in the ether after the show. But one of the things we talked about is that, you know, it gets a little old to talk about real estate. Obviously, there's always something new to learn there. And so there's right. always a new challenge to grow, which I do love that. But I love learning about, you know, within myself, you know, how am I going to handle stress? How am I going to lead others? How am I going to understand someone else's psychology? How am I going to understand how history repeats itself or perhaps even rhymes, right? Like we're, right. we're dealing with a pandemic right now, you know, people, a lot of people say, hey, this has never happened before. This is unprecedented. Of course, it is in many capacities, but it's also happened before. So what can we do to study history and what happened then and how we may, may we apply lessons learned from history to be successful now and to create a greater life? And so I don't know, I, I'm just yeah. super curious. Sure. And I know that whenever I learn something new, I know that I can apply that and I can live a greater life and I can give back to others with a higher capacity. So I don't know, I'd say that's really the central theme to why I'm so obsessed with growing myself is because I've learned that my curiosity not only, you know, really kind of takes me to that next step that maybe it's like a divine purpose. You know, my curiosity is mm -hmm. taking me a path that I, I'm not consciously aware of why I'm going down this path. I'm just interested in it. Right. But it seems to really continuously pay off. So that's yeah, and the more you learn you, you're, and you meet new people and you talk to new people, it just kind of piques that curiosity in so many new ways. So, you know, like you have this, this podcast, you're interviewing people on a regular basis, all different walks of life, right? All kinds of people. So on, on that note, like who's the most interesting or maybe not the most interesting person you've interviewed, but the most interesting interview that you've had? Mm, that's good. I like that. I like, I really like that question, actually. Um, making me think here. And <laughs> I, I promise that this isn't maybe a little bit of recency bias. Maybe it is. Um, but I did just interview John Brinkus uh, from the show Sports Science. I don't know if you remember the show Sports Science. Nope. Uh, it was a show on ESPN for 12 years or so. Okay. And, and he hosted the show, created the show, but he also, you know, produced it through ABC. And he was he's well known for many other things, but that's sort of what he's most known for. 
And I honestly didn't expect it to be as impactful of a discussion as it was because, you know, sometimes you, you have a high expectation for really big name guests and, and not that he was a big name guest, but I actually didn't, when I heard his name, I didn't know who he was until I looked him up. I'm like, Oh, of course I know John Brinkus. And as we're having this discussion, it's like, wow, we just connected so much on this curiosity thing. Like he, he applied his learnings and his desire to learn more about science and is also his desire to, you know, understand peak performers in the athletic realm. And it was just really cool to have a discussion on that. And how can we apply that for ourselves to be peak performers, mm-hmm. you know, not only in life, but also in real estate and in business and, right. you know, have just a deep sense of curiosity. So it kind of goes back to the first question as well, but I don't know. That's how I'd answer that one. That's cool. No, that's awesome. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, check that out after we finish because now you piqued my curiosity (laughs) yes not out yet not out yet oh it's not out okay yeah (laughs) so hopefully by the time this airs uh Mm -hmm. it probably will be out Uh, exactly let's let's do that (laughs) yeah and we'll put that in the in the show notes over here yeah for anyone to check that episode out as well yeah so what you know and and we could just go on i i don't want to like steal all your questions but they're such good (laughs) questions and so one question that really i remember when you asked it to me, like, it was like, wow, that's a big one. And this, this really speaks to the personal development and the, this, the aspect that all of us have that we're kind of afraid of, right? Which is failure, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of us have this fear of failure. And some people, a lot of, you know, people say, I'm not afraid to fail. It's their learning experiences yeah. and their lessons. But the truth is when you're in the moment, no one likes it, okay? And no. it, it would just kind of be, ignoring the the truth or lying to yourself i guess that's a better way of saying it if if you say you actually enjoy the process of failing so what's a failure that you can think of that that set you up for a later success man uh i couldn't agree more with what you said and by the way thank you for asking me (laughs) a question that i like to ask and the reason why i asked this question first of all is because you and I both know that failure is almost inevitable in yeah. many different capacities. And it, it, it's what is required sometimes to reach a greater success. And, you know, the reason why I asked the question in that way as well is how did it set you up for a later success is because, you know, it's like what Napoleon Hill says in Think and Grow Rich is that every adversity or failure is a seed for a later success. And if you really frame it in that capacity, you know, that can give you the opportunity for that later success. Absolutely. And, I agree wholeheartedly that during the failure, it's the worst. Like you don't (laughs) care that it's setting you up for some later success. So, you know, one thing that I typically like really the first thing that comes to my mind is the first real estate deal that I ever invested in was an epic failure for really the first probably two years of the deal. I mean, it was negative cash flow. It was total mismanagement by myself, total miscalculation of renovation you know, under appreciation for the fact that many more things could go wrong than I anticipated. Like the first time I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, I never would have thought that all of these disasters could happen because, you know, it sounds so simple. You know, you just buy the property, people pay rent, and then you pay your expenses, and then the rest, you know, is your cash flow. Well, guess what? It's not that simple. And it definitely wasn't that simple then. But I look back and say that that was a seed for a later success because. I think if I would have hit a home run there, I would have gotten reckless and I would have just continued to buy more and more and more mm. early on. And I would have made them mis- those mistakes on a larger scale. Right. So the fact that I did lose money, you know, time healed the wounds, but 
but I would have lost a lot more money if I would have gotten, you know, a little bit cocky or, or overzealous. And so, you know, it also caused me to really get very particular and very specific in the fact that, you know, worst case scenario is possible. And when that happens, can you live with it? And what does that look like? And so stress testing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, and I love that. The fact that you're so right. Like when we read about stuff, you know, especially Rich Dad Poor or whatever real estate books, and everyone's talking about all the mistakes you can make and all the things, no one actually thinks that they're going to make those mistakes. No. But just like you said, if you're taking them as, as a lesson and you're moving forward and like you say, making it, turning it into a success. And, you know, I just in, interviewed uh, Rod Khalif recently and, and he, the way he puts it, he calls his failures seminars. Yep. You know, that's how he, that's how he reframes them, that they were huge. And he, he calls like huge, you know, monumental seminars, you know, losing $50 million, right. Is, uh, you know, of your money and other people's money is, is that's a huge failure. Okay. Yeah. And that's, but if you learn from it and you figure out what the mistakes were and how, you know, the risks that you took, et cetera, you can learn from that. You can grow from that. You can create success out of the adversity until, you know, you're looking at the big picture and instead of focusing on the, on the failures. So that's, that's awesome. No, obviously that was not fun at the time, but you're on to bigger and better things because of it. Okay. So you Absolutely. guys are doing deals now looking for, for bigger deals. And I'm, I love the fact that you've kind of pivoted from the brokerage into the actual investing and managing more full-time, even though, cause I think a lot of people start that way. So you're, you're definitely not alone on that road because most it's very easy to break into becoming a real estate broker. Totally. Right? It's not easy to do. It's not easy to be successful as you know, right? But it's very oh, yeah. easy to break into it. And that's a, a great kind of entry point for a lot of people, even though I'd say, I don't know the exact percentages are probably like 70 to 80% of those people that do do it are not successful in it. Yeah. Um, nevertheless, of those that are successful, realize that they're making a lot of money, but they're squandering it away or they're you know not saving it. And the smart ones like you take that money they're making and also simultaneously invest that money into real estate so that they'll have that income coming even if they don't close deals. Yes, absolutely. And you know, the 80-20 principle is absolutely at play here. You know, 80% of the deals are done by 20% of the brokers. So you know, I learned the business through doing this and I, I was blessed and grateful. I am grateful to have been able to achieve success through this experience. And it gave me an understanding of what can go right, what can go wrong and all these things and learn from others in the same capacity. But if I'm going to scale my time, if I'm going to put a great team on the field, so to speak, this is the next step in the evolution. And so you know, with, I'm just always thinking back towards what's my mission. You know, my mission is to help millions of people elevate to a life without limits. And real estate is a central component to that. In addition to the personal growth and the constant and never ending improvement. So kind of marrying those things together, it's like, all right, am I doing that as a broker and perhaps to a very small degree, but I'm able to impact so many more people when we crowdfund and we bring in you know, many different investors to acquire, you know, significant communities, and we employ great people, we impact those communities that we invest, and we improve those communities operationally, physically, all these things, as well as, you know, we, we create opportunities for more people. So, sure. um, so that's, that, that's kind of the look behind the curtain there on that decision. No, and that's awesome. And it's a, it's a process, right? I mean, this, 
you've been doing it for, for a few years already, right? In terms yeah. of investing as well as uh, real estate. So it's kind of, is that metamorphosis is what that's I'm it. looking for. That that's was the word. Absolutely. Well, you know, <laughs> and that's a, the other thing too, is that the metamorphosis or whatever it is, it's painful too. I mean, you know, there's times where you're trying to shed your identity to become this new identity. And I feel like, you know, a lot of times people say, wow, you've really changed. And I think about it and I say, well, isn't that a good thing? I mean, I want to change every mm -hmm. single day. I have to recreate myself. I have to become something new. And so, you know, that's the same personally or professionally. And so we're continuously evolving as long as I'm leading with a giving heart. You know, it's painful, though. I mean, because when you evolve, you make mistakes and you fail. And and it's like you also don't know what's around that corner. So being an entrepreneur, I know many of the entrepreneurs that listen are saying, yeah, I get that for sure. And we have to be ready to adapt, yeah. you know, because, hey, you know what, we may have a global pandemic, or we may have, you know, cultural revolutions happening. So what are we going to do to be nimble and pivot? And, you know, not only personally, but professionally. So going back to, to your questions, who, who are your role models? Because obviously, you couldn't have done this on your own. And uh, just kind of figured this out out of the blue, like, this is what I want to do. But you know, in terms of this, this process that you're doing now, do you have any role models? I mean, there's a lot of role models in the real estate business that I would point to. Um, but before I would do that, I'd, I'd really point to, you know, guys like Tony Robbins. I mean, I'm a huge Tony Robbins fan. Um, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, like probably Rod Cleef said on your show is that 80% of your success and everything is, is the psychology and 20% is the mechanics. And I really focus on that. I mean, I'm always trying to think, well, what, what sort of subconscious limiting beliefs do I have or mm -hmm. that others may have? And how can I speak to that? And how can I serve not only myself, but someone else and have an understanding of that? And what can I do to perform at a peak level? How can I get into a peak state? You know, how can I show up with a conversation with Yona and be really present with him, you know, and really think through of what can I do to, to serve him and be right. a good steward of my own energy to bring to you. So, you know, an individual like Tony Robbins is somebody who's dedicated his life and his work towards that. Yeah. And so I'd love to impact other people in a similar way. So I definitely look at Tony Robbins as a great role model. You know, from a real estate perspective, I mean, a guy like Sam Zell is an absolute monster in this business. He's an amazing guy. I also look at, you know, Steven Schwartzman as, a, as an individual who's really been a, a, a beast in this yeah. business and somebody who's really thought bigger. I mean, if you want to think about the guy's first fund was a billion dollars. Yeah. And he, you know, people he's talk like, about I don't... Blackstone and Steven Schwartzman. Like, it, it doesn't get as much media and press as, as it should. I know. Why not? I they're no they're a monster. I mean, they're like colossally bigger than anyone else yeah. in the space whatsoever. I mean, they're like absolutely six hundred and fifty billion dollars of assets or something. Totally, like, that's crazy. It's crazy, and 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 it really is because he started by thinking big, and he went through an evolution. If you read his book, What It Takes, I mean, he evolved from you know the the pressures of being with Lehman Brothers and them sort of doing some things that he didn't feel was right. And he, you know, he was a partner and he said, look, I'm out of here. And he created this thing in Wall Street. You know, all the other Wall Street people are like, what are you doing? You're like, you're this outsider now. And obviously look at what's happened now. And I think of other guys like Phil Knight. I mean, Phil Knight, who is just so relentless in building this iconic brand that he just followed his curiosity. He followed his passions. And right. then it became, you know, not, I've got a Nike shirt on right now. You know, it's amazing. So those are, I mean, I have a lot of role models and 
another one I, I know that you you're like please stop talking <laughs> ben franklin is like my spirit animal i mean if you ever read the the biography of ben franklin maybe you'll understand but he is an amazing individual so creative and uh obviously did so many things in his life that's incredible there and there's so many i mean obviously the list could go on because we've been shaped uh by so many people throughout our lives but no that's it's impressive when you think about these people and especially when you're role models and you're looking at people that are like 10, you know, 10,000 times, you know, like bigger yeah. than yes. where you're at, which that, you know, Hold it look. says a lot about the person. Like when you're looking at the people you look up to or not just someone that's like a little bit more successful than you has been doing it like a little bit longer than you. No, <laughs> let's see those people who have like shot it out of the park, you know, out of a different yeah. galaxy. And, and those are the people I want to role, you know, have as a role model, you know, model myself after. Absolutely. I mean, I want to think big, you know, I think it really, I go back to this again, it, it all starts in your mind. And if I'm going to think, I might as well think big, right? right? Because if we want to do great things, it's not selfish of us to think big, because then we can impact more people. Ultimately, that's what it's all about is doing the right thing for other people. Of course, we want to live a great life while mm -hmm. we're here as well. But I don't know. I, I just, that's kind of bit my, my big philosophy is this, let's just think big, add a zero to your thinking. Yeah. So what, you know, the last final question of yours, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I'm giving you the credit for it because these are great questions. Everyone's got to go listen to Elevate Podcast because these are awesome questions he asks his own guests. But what is, what, what's something you're getting better at saying no to? Well, I mean, I, I'm getting better at saying no to brokerage deals. I mean, that's 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 one right now. I mean, I'm sending out a referral agreement right after the show because, you know, I've built a platform where people want to do business with me, which I'm so blessed and grateful to say. But, you know, to leave, you know, good or maybe even great to go to that excellent or extraordinary, I've got to prune some things. And that's an example in business that I that I say no to. You know, recently, since we've kind of had this pandemic, you know, there's been much less coffee meetings and, and lunch meetings. And so that's been easy to say no to, obviously, just mm -hmm. because of the social distancing and everything. But as things potentially, you know, kind of start to open up in certain capacities, you know, we do look at it and say, well, what's the best use of our time? And right. I, I've been able to say, you know, what, we can probably do this virtually just as effectively and it saves a lot of time. So sure. I think that's just kind of one tactic. I can drink a coffee, saying. you know, over here, you can drink a coffee over there and we're, exactly. we're, ha we're having coffee together, you know, <laughs> right? like that was someone just told me yesterday, like, like they, they went, they had a, they went out for wine on zoom with their friend, <laughs> you know, had a glass of wine yeah. together and just, that was, that's awesome. You know, because it, it does kind of change our perspective of, how we're doing business, how we were doing things. Were we using our time as efficiently as we could have or should have? And now this has kind of shaken our world up. And, and frankly, right. like you said, there, there's a lot of meetings that don't necessarily have to happen that way. Granted, you know, sitting face-to-face -face, in person, it doesn't compare. But that being said, there are plenty of meetings that don't have to be in person. You, know, you don't need that element. I mean, I, I think the hybrid approach is best. That's kind of what I've learned is that, you know, you definitely can't replace the in-person, but you can also get maybe 97, 98% of the way by sitting here virtually. And I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm in the same room as you, but who knows? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's an interesting process. 
Right. That's true. Also, we, we've never met in person. So that oh, we <laughs> being <haven't>. said, <laughs> but we've done business said, together. Right. Exactly. But what I'm <laughs> saying is that, you know, it could be that had we met in person, it might be different than now that we're on zoom together since it's been our own form of communication <laughs> anyways. Right. Uh, so it might be different uh, going forward, but I'm going to jump into the, uh, the final four that we call it our final four questions. We ask every guest. Um, so first question I ask everyone is what is the worst job that you ever had? Ooh, the worst. I like it. I like it. Okay. Uh, worst job I've ever had. The first thing that comes to my mind is the very first job I ever had. I was, I literally worked at a car wash and we, you know, we'd spray down the cars, you prep the cars and send them through and, you know, tell everybody to put it in neutral and all this kind of stuff. And, and I've worked that job also in wintertime. And it was brutal because everybody takes their car to a car wash during winter times or salt all over the cars and everything. And it was just like, I mean, you know, 12 hours straight of just, you know, getting wet and like being cold. It was like, yeah, it's pretty brutal. Oh, that's hard. Yeah. That's <laughs> very hard. Uh, I, I can hear that. Um, second question. What's a book you've read that's given you a paradigm shift? So I'm sure there's been many, uh, but, yeah. but one. Looking at my bookshelf because there's <laughs> definitely been many. Uh, give me a second. I want to give you a good answer here. <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah, Psycho Cybernetics by Dr. Maxwell Maltz. And the reason why that one was a paradigm shift is because it's about visualizing your future and creating that through, you know true visualization and, and, and having your nerve cells fire together and wire together, creating sort of that, that feeling towards your, your goal and your visualization mm -hmm. and feeling that now because your brain doesn't know the difference between an experience and a visualized experience and really kind of creating your future. You know, I learned how to do that through that book. So wow. uh, that's one, but man, I could point to many. I'm a huge book fanatic. Yeah. I remember one time you posted like you're reading a book a week or something, right? I had like a yep. huge stack. So no, that's awesome. I'm sure there's been, been many, but that's a great one. The psycho cybernetics. I'm going to check that one out and I will put that in the show notes. So third question is what is a skill or talent that you would like to learn? Ooh, skill or talent that I would like to learn. I would like to speak another language. That's one. I, I want to, honestly, I'm thinking either Chinese or Spanish, because they're both practical. But it's also, I just feel like, you know, most people speak English around the world, if you want to do business with them. But I feel like you can gain a deeper relationship with someone if you can actually kind of come halfway, at least and do your best and try to speak another language. So I also think it would be awesome to develop that, that part of my brain. It is. And language is an, an incredible uh, development of your brain. It does incredible things. So I, I definitely hear that. So awesome. Language. We've, we've had that as an answer before with a lot of people. Do language or playing an instrument. Those are like the mm -hmm. two most popular answers that, that people give, which is really cool because it shows that people understand that these things affect our, our mind and our personality in different ways that we don't even know. I mean, do you speak uh, another language besides English? No, I don't. No. Yeah. When you start to think in another language, that's really when you know that you that you know the language, when you're fluent, when, when your yes. mind starts thinking that. And the interesting thing that happens is the biggest way to learn a language, and I, I speak, you know, three languages fluently, and I know a couple others, like, you know, a little bit and get by. And, but one of the things that you 
you realize that there's cultural things and there's like different ways, of, you know, ways of speech that are totally different in each language. So when mm -hmm. you start to think in those languages, you actually start to, to become, you know, and change. And, mm. and, you know, it's a whole different way of thinking, which is really cool. So anyways, that's just a segue. So it really does open your mind to, to a whole new level of, uh, of thought. I can see that. And, and I, I would imagine that there's some profound philosophies that you can't really translate, right? In some For languages. Sure. For yeah, sure. I love yeah. that. hundred percent. Fourth and final question. What does success mean to you? Success means to me that it's the progressive realization of a worthy ideal, like what Earl Nightingale said, the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. If I set out to do something and I create it, that to me is success. But if someone else has, you know, maybe determined the path for me and they've done something, they've made me create what they've wanted me to create, you know, I, I think that's perhaps the opposite of what I'm saying here. Right. So if I've set out to be a school teacher and I've created a successful life as a school teacher to me, that's success, but everybody has to have their own de definition of this, but I, that, that, sure. that would be for me. For you. And that's exactly what, what we asked. So you hit it right on the nail. Awesome. Tyler, this has been a tremendous pleasure. Thank you so much for spending the time. Uh, it's, it's too short, definitely. But you know, we always uh, try to keep these as short as we can get the pack as much value as possible into the small time that we have here. So I appreciate you. And I hope, uh, hope we can speak again soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Yona. I really appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, definitely be my pleasure. And to all our guests listening, listeners, guests, you're, you're a guest because you're just kind of joining us also because you're, you're our listeners. So each one of you is a guest in your own way, I guess is, is what I'm trying to say. Thank you. Thank you for joining us and participating. And maybe we can make like a big Zoom room so everyone can like watch this or, you know, do this Facebook Live or something in the future. I might, I might try to do that. Anyways, until next time, remember the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn. Send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.